Now, what is the unlimited anointing? What is the unlimited anointing? The unlimited anointing is the anointing without measure. That's what it is. It's the anointing without measure. Now, in the Old Testament, without Jesus or before Jesus, it was only a double portion anointing. Elijah and Elisha in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9. In 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9, we see before Elijah is taken up to heaven, he says to his apprentice, Elisha, what would you have me do for you before I'm taken away from you? And Elisha says to Elijah, I want a double portion of your anointing. Then Elijah replies, you've asked for a difficult thing, but if you see me go up, you'll receive it. If you don't, you won't. And we all know the story. Elijah's taken up to heaven in a whirlwind or a fiery chariot, and Elisha sees him go up. And when he does, he receives the double portion anointing. The mantle of Elijah falls from heaven. Elisha picks it up, rolls it up, touches the river Jordan with it, and the river splits in two. And then we see Elisha not only goes on to do what Elijah did, he did greater things than Elijah did. And isn't that what Jesus said of the church? I said, isn't that what Jesus said? of the church in John chapter 14, verse 12. Those who believe on me will not only do the works I did, but greater works than these will you do, for I go to the Father, and you will ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. There, Elisha and Elijah is a prophetic type of the church and Jesus Christ. When Elijah was taken to heaven, Elisha received his anointing. It was transferred to him and he received a double portion of it and he was splitting lakes. Now that's under the double portion anointing. But the double portion anointing was for the Old Testament. It's not for the New Testament. I hear so many preachers and Christians saying double portion, double portion, double portion. Lord, give me a double portion anointing. Give me a double portion anointing. Give me a double portion anointing. You need to stop that. I said, you need to stop that. Why? Because when you ask for a double portion anointing, you're limiting God and yourself. You're putting a cap on what God has already given you. He hasn't given you the double portion anointing. He's given you something infinitely greater, which is the unlimited Anointing, the anointing without measure, not double portion, triple portion, quadruple portion. Forget it. Forget the double portion. We're not in the Old Testament anymore. We're not without Christ. We're with Christ. We're in Christ. With Christ and in Christ is not double portion. It's unlimited. It's without measure. Well, Pastor Richard... If Elisha was splitting lakes under the double portion anointing, imagine what we could do under the unlimited anointing. That's exactly right. That's my point. That's my point. And people of God, some of you might not believe this, but we have seen the Lord empty an entire lake, not just split a lake, but empty an entire lake just like that. And that's no exaggeration. 
You can ask Pastor Anthony, Pastor Grace and my grandmother. They're not going to lie for me. If that wasn't true, they'd say, no, that isn't true. Again, in the Old Testament, without Jesus or before Jesus, it was only a double portion anointing. In the New Testament, in Christ, with Christ, it's the spirit without measure. It's the unlimited anointing. Could I get an amen? amen. I said, could I get an amen? amen? John chapter 3, verse 34. Let me read both versions again. The King James Version. For he whom God has sent speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the spirit by measure unto him. Again, that's referring to God giving Jesus the Holy Spirit or the anointing without measure. And John chapter 3, verse 34 in the New King James Version. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God. For God does not give the spirit by measure. The end of that statement is generalized. Why? Because then it shifts from Christ to the church, which means whatever Jesus has is available to you too. Jesus walked under the unlimited anointing or anointing without measure. Therefore, it's for you too. You can too. See, the issue we have to break through now is not if there is such a thing, not if it's for you or not, not if God provided it for you or not, not if he wants you to have it or not, the issue we have to break through now is learning how to receive it or walk in it. That's all. My family and I have seen the unlimited anointing or anointing without measure in our own lives and ministry. We see it all the time. We've seen people being saved, miraculously delivered, miraculously healed, raised from the dead, the Lord raised my grandfather from the dead in 1996 just so that he wouldn't have died and gone to hell so that 18 months later he could give his life to Jesus and be saved because God promised me that when I was first born again. His promise to me was that no member of my family would die before they were born again. And the enemy tried to take my grandfather's life before he could be and so the Lord raised him from the dead so he could be born again and didn't take him until he was. We've seen creative miracles. We've had people come with missing internal organs. Then after a meeting or after the Lord touched them or after prayer, they had gone back to their doctors and specialists and they found those missing internal organs were there. And those doctors and specialists still don't know what happened. And it was confirmed many times it wasn't a mistake. The doctors and specialists did not make a mistake about the internal organ being missing or the internal organ reappearing. Can I get an amen? We had women who came to these meetings either without a womb, yes, without a womb. Try and believe it, people. Try and believe it. Without a womb or with a totally deformed womb and couldn't have children. Then after the Lord touched them in a meeting or I'd call it out through a word of knowledge or they'd have prayer afterwards, they'd go back to their doctors and specialists, have more tests, have scans, and the tests and scans would then show the womb was perfect. If it was missing, it was now there. If it was deformed, it was now perfect. And they couldn't explain why or how, except Jesus did it. No one can explain that. No one can give you a rational reason except Jesus did it. And that's really the only reason. That's actually the truth. That's actually the truth. 
babies being raised from the dead in their mother's wombs, people of God. Babies being raised from the dead in their mother's wombs. A few years ago, we had a married couple come to one of our revival fire meetings on a Wednesday night. And uh, they couldn't conceive or have a child in any way whatsoever. They tried IVF over and over and over again, and each time it failed. They had tried other means that failed, and they had given up. Now, I didn't know anything about them or about their problem. Uh, during that revival fire meeting, I called out there was a woman there who had a mental problem, schizophrenia, bipolar, and uh, she was taking medication for it. And because of that, she couldn't have children. The doctors had told her that she couldn't have children. And so I called that woman to come out. She came out with her husband, and I asked her if she could confirm it. She said, yep, everything you said is 100% true. We prayed for her. Then I told her the Lord said he was going to heal her of that mental problem, and she would stop taking all her medication. Once she stopped the medication, she'll fall pregnant. And I said to her, this time next year, you'll have fallen pregnant. They come back to the revival fire meeting and give a testimony. The testimony was the woman was healed of these mental problems. The doctors had taken her off practically all the medication. She was only down to maybe one at that stage where she was taking dozens of different tablets. And uh, she had fallen pregnant. And you know, we were all praising and worshiping God for that. It was amazing. A few weeks later, she contacted me on Facebook Messenger and she was really distressed and distraught. And she said, Pastor Richard, can you pray? I said, yeah, sure, what's the problem? She said to me, I went for an ultrasound and the specialist told me the results have shown the baby does not have a heart. There's no heart, there's no heartbeat, the baby's dead. And she said, they're telling me that if they can't do anything, then she'll have to have an abortion or just have a stillborn child. I said, listen, the Lord promised you were going to conceive and have this child. By the way, I forgot to mention, I did tell the woman too that she would have the child, it will be born healthy and it will be a girl, as well as the name of the child. I said, the Lord promised you have this child. He even said it's going to be a girl and what the name of that child will be, what you'll have to name her. I said, you need to stand on that promise. Don't panic and don't give up on it. Don't say, well, the doctor said it's dead, then it's dead. No, God said you'll have this child, it'll be a girl, and he even gave you her name. So stand on it. And I prayed with her. After I prayed with her, I said, go back, have another ultrasound. They'll find the heart is there and the heartbeat is there and the baby will be alive. She went back and it wasn't straight away either. It was like a week or two later. She went back, she had another ultrasound, and the results showed the heart was there, it was beating, and the baby was alive. And the specialist could not understand how or why that happened. And she got back to me, told me this, and I said, okay, are you sure they were right the first time? She said, yep, they were right the first time. There was no mistake. They checked, double-checked, triple-checked, quadruple checked. They checked over and over again. There was no heart. There was no heartbeat. The baby was dead. She said, now the test results show the heart is there and there's a heartbeat there. 
and they don't understand how that happened. People of God, say amen. They don't understand how that happened. Now, the baby was born a girl and she's about four or five years old now. And since then she had another baby and the Lord showed me that too. I contacted her and said, get ready. The Lord said, you're going to have another baby. It'll be another girl and her name's going to be this. And that's exactly what happened. She's had another girl since then and named the baby what the Lord named it. God is raising babies from the dead in their mother's wombs. It actually happened again recently, like a month ago. I won't go into the details about that, but it did actually happen again just recently, like a month ago, where the Lord raised a baby from the dead in its mother's womb all the way in another country, just through prayer and prophesying. Amen. That's right. Matthew chapter 10, verse 8. Matthew chapter 10, verse 8. You know what? I'm going to finish what I'm saying here and continue this next week because I don't want to rush through this last part of the teaching. I want you to hear it very carefully. So I'm going to finish what I'm saying now and we'll go through the rest next week. Can I get an amen? Is that all right with everyone? All right, Matthew chapter 10, verse 8. Actually, I'll read verse 7 and 8. Jesus said to his disciples, and as you go preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand, verse 8, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you have received, freely give. Now, some may argue, but Jesus said that to his disciples. That's not for us today. Well, if you would say that to me, I'd say you're very wrong. I'd say, well, then... These other things Jesus said were a lie. That means he's a liar. He is not a liar and he doesn't lie, has never lied and will never lie. Amen? Amen. Why do I say that? Because in John chapter 14, verse 12, it says this. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father, verse 13. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Verse 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So here Jesus is no longer just speaking to the disciples, is he? This is a generalization. In other words, he's speaking to everyone, to those who believe in him. He said, we will do the works he did and greater works than these. You know, there is nowhere in the Bible that says a baby was raised from the dead in its mother's womb. Doesn't mean it's not from God. Doesn't mean God couldn't do it or didn't want to do it. Doesn't mean Jesus couldn't do it or didn't want to do it. As far as anyone knows, Babies could have been raised from the dead in their mother's wombs in the Old Testament. Jesus could have raised babies from the dead in their mother's wombs in the New Testament. It just doesn't record it. It does say in the Bible, the works Jesus performed were so many, there aren't enough books to fit it. Or if all the books were written on it, they wouldn't be able to fit within the whole world. So there are other things Jesus did that aren't mentioned in the Bible. But it doesn't matter. It's still Jesus doing these works through you and I today. And these are the greater works. They're not even mentioned in the Bible. 
Nothing like that is mentioned in the Bible. These are some of the greater works. All right? So always remember that. The Lord wants to do through you the same things he did and even greater things. So these are some of the greater things. And the Lord's doing it now. And he'll do it not just one through one, two or three people, but any believer who says, Lord, send me or use me. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen. So Jesus had the Holy Spirit without measure, which means he also had the anointing without measure, which means as born again believers in one with an intimacy connected to him, we have it also. I said, we have it also. John chapter 3, verse 34, King James Version and New King James Version, and also John chapter 14, verse 12. So all we have to do is receive it and walk in it. That's all.